0: In this talk with you this evening Uh, I would like to (coughs) speak about uh, seeing into the uh, nature of things and when speaking of the nature of things it is possible to speak in two ways one is from the uh, relative uh, standpoint and another is uh, Uh, Ultimately, and in the talk here with you, I'd like to focus on relative uh, considerations within the context of our life and some of the ramifications of that. (coughs) Um, Prior, I may say prior to coming here, (coughs) one hears both here in the United States as well as in uh, other parts Of the world of some of the uh, primary focuses of attention we might say which uh, uh, occur to us and which we become informed in this case uh, particularly through the media and what we notice with (coughs) the outer circumstances of life that particular issues in life are very much to the foreground and that you and I, in the course of our daily life, find ourselves regularly exposed to issues of our time. And there are waves of interest and, and concern, and sometimes very deep concern. At the moment, of course, I uh, would have here, perhaps in mind, as ones at this very time would be uh, the tragedy of... Uh, uh, Bosnia and the medieval barbarity that is uh, taking place there. Another major issue at the present time is the relationship to crime and why there is so much crime and why we live in such an um, unsafe environment. Another major issue would be in Britain of course is is health and what health means. There's certainly much discussion on this and the relationship to money to health, the corporate world to health, medicine and healing. So these themes touch and influence and affect our life. And sometimes perhaps you and I in our conversations and and our very thoughts in looking at the information which is made available to us, as uh, I find in, in myself, that it seems to me that all too often the people in this world who have an immense amount of um, um, power, um, so-called knowledge and influence seemed unusually um, ill-equipped to deal with circumstances, and that the degree of uh, confusion, the lack of maturity, and the various vested interests seem to be s- having such a, an impact upon uh, situations that the impression, and perhaps the overwhelming impression, is of indecisiveness, of uncertainty, and the kind of attempt to look at the effects and deal with effects of things. And that quite often means, in some cases it's bombing, in other cases it's forms of uh, revenge, or it's um, supporting the status quo of of a current situation. And I think when we look at the outer situation, it also is a reflection upon ourselves as well. And what I mean by that in this particular case is that relatively speaking, we seem to be unwilling to look into causes. That when we do make some comment about causes it's so often in the form of uh, a single one-liner or a glib or banal remark and what is needed I do feel is a very uh, thorough and penetrative uh, understanding about causes about contributing factors about a spiritual crisis as much as anything else which exists in our society in our world it needs a great deal of questioning about how things occur because of the way that we think, believe, act and relate. And I think we have to start completely uh, afresh and to be really willing in in our life not to come out with simplistic solutions to things but to look much more carefully and to put a tremendous amount of focus on causes, and conditions which bring about certain effects, and unless we start doing that, then we're just, I think, wallowing in confusion and wallowing uh, in the dark and going along with whatever the current political economic th- uh, theories are, because a lack of depth of looking. And sometimes, some of us, and you may be included in that, may be looking into the nature of things is what spiritual life is truly concerned with. Sometimes we are told, oh, you're not living in the real world. This one-liner is thrown out at human beings, uh, thoughtful and caring human beings again and again. Who's defining the real world? And at times, the definition of the real world world is making money, working one's guts off studying morning, noon and night watching television most uh, nights of the week obsessing about the future and having two weeks off for relief every year (laughs) and if one isn't subscribed to that if one hasn't thrown one's existence into that one is accused and accused quite uh, regularly of not living in the real world so there's a mythology which encompasses consciousness, it grips upon human beings' consciousness. If we're to look into the (coughs) nature of things, then let us not be afraid to look into what the models projected (coughs) of the real world. It's a constructed world, it's a humanly conceived world. And in such a humanly conceived world, some of us would say and say again and again, there's too much suffering in that so-called real world. And if we do find out what the real world is, and we live in the real world, one feature of a human being who lives in the real world is that he, she, we live with a compassionate, ongoing awareness to life. One who lives in the real world lives with a compassionate awareness towards life because they see the suffering of the world not living in the world of efficiency and competitiveness and obsession with numbers and all of that it's seeing the limitations and the usefulnesses of that but living in the real world is seeing in a fresh way we are here for that seeing. To give an example which is (coughs) <coughs> uh, perhaps directly concerned with some uh, people's uh, li- lives here. Um, recently, um, in my home uh, town, I live in uh, Totnes. It's a small town in the West Country of England. And uh, a couple of uh, uh, years ago, the uh, local uh, 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 council. Um, decided to uh, extend on the the swimming pool at the uh, swimming pool facility there which included in fact the building of a a small uh, gym and a friend of mine uh, uh, suggested that I go along to do a workout I've never been except for once I'm in California, where else Um, (laughs) to a gym and while, while in this uh, gym, I was um, sitting on the <coughs> on the bicycle, which was, of course, taking me absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and and watching the others, uh, um, men and uh, women, doing doing their weights and the rowing of the of the oars and and all that goes on. Some of you here will be much more intimately acquainted with these places. And the thought uh, occurred to, to, to me um, around the, the theme of stress, of stress in life. And how, to use as an, an example, that owing to what we call stress in life, it has produced and has generated in the last uh, decade or two or l- longer a tremendous um, business and it's a multi-million dollar business not only in health clubs and health farms and, and gyms and, and the clothing and the tracks and, uh, and all that goes with it and one of among many uh, purposes and uh, usefulnesses which is given to us is that by participating in these activities it helps to uh, reduce the level of stress, and I don't want to um, dispute that. Well, actually, I do, but um, <laughs> I want to t- try to do it tactfully. Uh, <laughs> and to some <laughs> to some degree, we might say we might say in the course of day to day life, there is both outwardly and inwardly inwardly is the conditioning, of course, as much as outwardly tremendous amount of pressure. I believe, unacceptable pressure placed on human beings and that you and I in this world, I think, as human beings, are ill-equipped. We are not made to have to cope and deal with the kind of pressure that the world uh, exerts upon us. And uh, it's not surprising, therefore, to hear with increasing concern the impact that it has on our natural protective systems that we have and which are gradually sometimes collapsing under the pressure of all the demands that have been made upon us in the past, in the present and in the future. And (coughs) one of the shorthands that we have for this is stress. One of the reasons perhaps among several which brings you uh, here um, on the retreat is hopefully to reduce uh, some of the stress there and through calmness and meditative uh, relaxation through presence and through the overall kindnesses uh, of an environment like this one hopes that it will but i would make a similar kind of comparison between this and Um, sitting on on one of those uh, bicycles um, peddling furiously that in a way it can be uh, a temporary relief in which simply what is occurring is a redirection of the focus of attention using mind and body usefully and that generates a different kind of energy Uh, flow inside of ourselves and that energy flow can run from head to toes, from toes to head and in the full engagement and commitment to that we do feel better and it's in a stark contrast sometimes to the condition of feeling so much stress and Uh, the deeper levels of stress in terms of uh, anxiety and worry which have impacted upon us and we've internalised. So we do some kind of workout or we do some meditation uh, retreat or whatever it is and that change, flow and energy is such that it seems to act as a relief temporarily for stress. But... Is stress and the mm, huge industry that has emerged out of stress in fact such that we haven't really stopped to really look and wonder, what is this stress? What is it a shorthand for? What does it mean to experience stress, to live in stress, to be stressed out to feel burnt out and I don't think any amount of pedaling on a bicycle or whatever it will actually contribute directly to the looking and the questioning of stress and as one person commented uh, to um, myself uh, yesterday that sometimes if a person is working in a particular field and is bright and happy and relaxed and isn't appearing busy and stressed and, and fretting and, and running from the phone to the desk to a quick cup of uh, coffee, preferably decaffeinated or what, what, whatever, then others can actually get the idea the person isn't working hard enough. Because of proof of hard work is to be stressed and worried and, and frantic and neurotic. So when looking at stress in our life while acknowledging the benefits of some modicum of relief from it, what is stress? Doing too much? Dependency on, on um, getting what one wants? being competitive, trying to prove oneself, trying to make an impression upon uh, other being, climbing up the the corporate uh, ladder, living in fear that if one doesn't live in a certain way in a particular field that one might lose one's job because of the ideology of uh, that uh, invades businesses of lean and mean in which human beings never quite sure of how long the job will last because of uh, the profit motives that are circulating etc etc so what i mean is, is that if we are to discover what it means to live a life without stress it will mean you and I and others looking very, very directly at the whole ideology that goes around stress and is it, as I said before, a one word which is kind of socially acceptable but which is actually obscuring and is preventing and making us unwilling to look at the desire forces of the mind the drive, the will power, the determination to succeed The the pushing too hard, the lack of wisdom in our life. And when one starts questioning all of that and looking into the, the relationship and looking into the nature of things then your job is at stake. It can be that hard. That one may not get applause from the people that you work with. They may not, may not understand that one is um, finding and discovering in oneself enough capacity in life to say no and to mean it, to know oneself well enough that a worthwhile life is a life which can't be one, which is tottering on the edge of stress and exhaustion and weaknesses of the body and heart and mind and burnout and failed friendships and communication simply because there's some conditioning that's propelling one along mercilessly. And thus here, unlike sitting on the bicycle as valuable as it can be, I hope not too many of you got these bicycles at home you may feel (laughs) uncomfortable about it it's a metaphor please understand (laughs) 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 nearly a metaphor anyway (laughs) (laughs) that in that though the benefits of that are there and are present but the benefits are there as a means to look into the causes to look into the causes understand so that as I say if in a situation where a person or people are feeling very stressed out and sometimes doing the most noble and beautiful work on this earth for the genuine welfare of others and feeling terrible stress naturally there is the, the there is the wish for relief from it naturally the relief may come but the relief is there not for itself but to provide the opportunity to look into the causes and conditions of the stress and to have the power of heart and mind to change those causes so that one doesn't spend one's existence moving in a stress relief from stress stress relief from stress syndrome and sometimes that has boiled down as some of you well know from monday to friday stress saturday sunday relief from it Monday back to it. There's got to be another way of being in this world. (coughs) In coming into uh, a situation here of the meditative awarenesses and of the in a way, a certain retreat from, in a way, uh, a stepping back uh, away from. Seems sometimes in our uh, life as, as well, and rather on the same theme there, that you sometimes get the view that if we work hard in one way, and it's carrying stress, that we tend to carry a view with ourselves, therefore, I've got to work as hard in another way to get it to change and it's not unusual for people who come on retreats or people who are engaged in um, health in this case I've got health of body and health of mind here as an example who because of tremendous amount of outpouring of work in one particular way feel the only way that I can make renewal is to work as hard and put out as much effort and to push myself as hard in another way to feel better and we have seen this in whatever from the hard workers to then doing tortuous aerobics or whatever it's one to the other and there can be the same ambition of pushing oneself so hard and one's got some figures in mind the same love of numbers that can be working in one field, oh, if I run a little bit harder, if I spend a little bit more time doing this, if I really push myself doing that, it all has the same kind of whisper of the old. It's got a kind of message that in the message of stress reduction, there's a kind of stress about it. And somehow it just, <laughs> just um, last week in Britain <coughs> they, um, the, you, you have it here in um, Boston and New York and other places, they had a marathon running and there were something like um, 25, 30,000 people running in this marathon, the, the cream of the milk of course up the, up the front and thousands of people, and in typical um, English fashion, um, all sorts of um, eccentrics um, um, running in this uh, race, people. There was um, uh, a gang of um, guys um, dressed up in um, Roman metal uniforms (laughs) running in this race. And then there was a, a fleet of um, clowns dressed up <laughs> and there were others wearing these black plastic dustbin bags and there was a fleet of others all tied together by rope <laughs> running and all this and I and uh, my daughter watching watching this on the television and a few times I thought well rather them than uh, uh, me as a, as a, a rather modest uh, jogger if I, if I may say and in that, there was a tremendous, as the cameraman and the reporter would run out to the crowd and interview them <laughs> while they were, um, not, not, not the cream of the milk, of course, the, the going along at a hair's space, but the others interviewing them with the camera and they were puffing. Along <laughs> like, and <laughs> what was very nice and lovely was that how the attitude between people varied, doing the same thing varied so greatly. There were those who were doing it for the fun and the enjoyment and raising money for, for charities. And those who were doing it because they were determined to beat their previous time and they were determined to, to, to finish. And there were a few elderly ladies at the very very back, rather uh, round and lovely, who <laughs> were participating in this number 35,000 and something there were their numbers. And they were just going to walk it. And they, were, and they were very gladly taking the cool drinks that people were offering. And I thought there was you know, something rather comforting about that in, in comparison to the leaders with their terribly tortured faces <laughs> as they pressed, pressed on determined to be the, the, the winners. <coughs> and such. Situations like that in which the kind of expansion of human life is, is revealed. Where are we in such a situation? What's our, re- what's our relationship to the very movement of our life? What's our relationship to the way we are and the way we feel and the way we, way we act and respond? What's our relationship to diet and exercise and posture What's our way of looking at stress and dealing uh, with stress? What, what is the capacity of the mind to look at the movement of our life and to see what the cycles are which are repeating themselves in our life? How's our relationship to goals? And are we goal obsessed? And if so, what are we missing? What's the price for being so goal obsessed? So, in coming into uh, this kind of um, in, in environment and in the provision of the meditative atmosphere, it's in order that these things can be looked at more, more carefully. And as I said right at, the, right at the beginning, I don't think the old works. And I think it, sh- it shows itself in our inability to deal with global situations. It shows itself in, our, in the despair and uncertainty unhappiness, it shows itself in the addictions, it shows itself in the crime on our our streets and it shows itself because it isn't that that is significantly diminishing anywhere in our society but what is happening as we see it's significantly increasing, something is seriously wrong about the way we are living. And it takes some spirit and courage to question that, and it and as the tradition has said, where there is spirit and courage, it takes sacrifice. And the sacrifice, which has been a, a thread and the theme of all spiritual realizations and awarenesses for thousands of years, the application of sacrifice is a significant and as apparent and as obvious as it is now, as it was to our forebearers from thousands of years ago who also explored and knew that sacrifice had to be made. And my goodness and my God, we need to make it as much now as ever has been made in the past. What is the sacrifice that you have to make, that I have to make? and there can be no romantic idealism in all of that no you know, fantasies and projections it's that the sacrifices which are genuinely or authoritatively down-to-earth sacrifices and they, what comes through oneself in the fullness of listening is to oneself is that the sacrifices which will come through at that point we speak of choice that is the choice of life not the ideology that you and I have been um, misled and deceived in which we have been moved from you know, shall I buy this brand of toothpaste or that brand of toothpaste trivialized what choice means in life made it superficial and in the proliferation of all of those, those choices somehow we've lost sight with what choice is and for that we need some silence and meditation we need contemplation we we need inquiry we need to look and then at some times in our life we come to a point and then we the choice has some significance to it utterly irrelevant what kind of toothpaste we buy So all these things are (coughs) up for exploration here and thus in a way though this is the most minor and trivial significance is such that it gives respect in a way to (coughs) the tradition of which these teachings are connected with and that is a tradition of vipassana insight meditation it's meditation for insight, to see clearly. In that, as one person in, a, in a one of the small groups uh, pointed out today, <coughs> and very, uh, very, very common uh, thing, that it is quite possible, and not at all unusual, to uh, come uh, into a retreat. And as many have said, who have participated in these uh, atmospheres for uh, um, years, if not lifetimes, and experience at the beginning of the retreat, the first day or two, the primary thought is essentially one of settling into the situation. And, and that also can take place one day or two days. There's a settling in because of all the adaption and adjustment which is uh, needed and a person can pass through these uh, days uh, here and experience just the simplest uh, activity that means of just sitting and walking and dealing with some of the discomforts and uh, listening to what others have to say in the small groups and being, what should we say, relatively quiet, relatively uh, present Uh, relatively with oneself, relatively attentive to teachings etc. etc. and nothing significant happening, no blazoning uh, insights, no sudden presence of uh, God, no great enlightenment, nothing nothing just, being quiet, being in a relatively uh, comfortable situation and the days pass by and pass through with the usual movements, ups and downs of um, mind and body, figuratively as well as uh, actually. And, as a person pointed out in the small group, sometimes it's a day later, a week later, a month later, or a year later, whatever, that insight comes. It may be connected back to here. And one may say, as some of you do and write to me in the uh, um, uh, telephone and et cetera, et cetera, that while I was here, here on a retreat, here in such a... nothing much happened. Or while I was here, something happened. And the way, the relative nature of things is... I myself to this situation, whatever it is, and it was the cause for some insight. And there is some appreciation. Sometimes the insights come, uh, are painful insights, not always. sometimes a very joyful and, uh, and wonderful insight. So there is the provision of an environment which we could say provides the conditions, provides the causes, And the primary causes is for some insight, some understanding as an effect out of the causes. Whether or not it occurs in the week-long period, or for some of you who are long-term retreatants here, uh, over months or year or more, or whether um, it occurs um, outside of the form, is totally unimportant to me. What's important in life is that life generates and that we provide ourselves with situations in life which contribute to insight, to understanding and that understanding bringing a very direct benefit to ourselves and to others. And to not have that in one's life is missing something of the most profound proportions. To actually go on in one's life day in and day out and to be a kind of a daily struggle with things means that, for some, the resources of that (laughs) are not providing the insights and only providing daily struggle. And I say the insights and the awarenesses can can transform one's life that one can say of one's life it's not a life which is struggling along. And when one's life isn't engaged in struggling along the potential of a human being is immeasurable. immeasurable in kindness and awareness and clarity and compassion and interconnection. As one's seen through uh, the perpetuation of struggle and the stress that goes with it. Not to say there's never any struggle in one's life, I'm not saying that at all. But the general sense of one's life is that one is at peace with this world. And therefore one's lovely and vital energies are not being wasted in conflict and fighting with it. And I say out of that, something can come which helps to deal and to look into the, the, the crime of Bosnia or the crime on, the, on our streets. Because we looked into the conditions and the causes which contribute to the effects that we have. May all beings live with awareness. (coughs) May all beings live with wisdom. May all beings see into the nature of things. So let us have two or three quiet minutes together, shall we please?